The Data Skeptic Podcast is a weekly show featuring conversations about skepticism, critical thinking, and data science. Welcome to another mini episode of the Data Skeptic Podcast. I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Linda. Hello. Thanks again for joining me, Linda. Thank you. So, Linda, do you remember several episodes ago when we talked about partially observable state spaces? Hmm. I don't know. Did we? That is the case where you can't necessarily know the true situation you're in, but you can observe secondary versions. And you should go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet. But we're going to talk about something today called Markov chains. And these things kind of relate. So we talked about state spaces then. We talked about how our bird Yoshi, who's here on your hand, has different moods. And, you know, she goes from happy to hungry to sad to quiet or whatever. Let's talk a little more generally about state spaces. You know the game tic-tac-toe, don't you? Yes. Can you describe it for me? There's a grid, and one player is X's, and one is O's. Mm -hmm. You take turns marking them until someone gets three in a row, or you start a new game. Now, let's say you um, were walking through the park one day, and you came across a piece of paper that had a tic-tac-toe game on it, but it wasn't complete. It just had like two X's and one O. Whose turn is next? Well, it's O. Yeah, right? How'd you know? Because there were two X's and one O, and you're supposed to take turns. So you know something about the state of that game of tic-tac-toe. You see two moves that X made. You don't know the order that X made those moves in, do you? No, but I could guess. You could guess, but it also doesn't matter, and that's the key. And that's what Markov chains and what we're going to talk about in a second is the Markov assumption is all about. It's the case when you can describe the situation you're interested in in a set of states and that the current state relies exclusively on the previous state and whatever went on in between. So let's talk more generally. Step away from tic-tac-toe. Let's talk about Monopoly. Have you ever played Monopoly? Yes. Well, it took me a while to play by the rules or even know what the rules were, but you try and buy a property mm-hmm. and then uh, build on the property like mm-hmm. hotel or houses. And then as people land on your property, you try and make money. Right. So let's say a si- similar situation. You walk by an in-progress game of Monopoly. Can you tell the current state, like who's winning or who has the most property, who has the most money? Maybe, yeah. Pretty much, right? Because you can see like who has hotels on the board and who has houses on the board and how much money they have in front of them. The first point I want to make is that, and games are a great analogy for this, there are states of the game. The state is the collection of variables that describes everything you need to know about it. So we could even talk about the state of our house. Like, do you think our house is currently clean or not clean? It's okay. It's okay. So... How discretized might you describe our house in terms of clean to unclean? It's neither clean or unclean. It's okay. Are there only three states or are there multiple states of being? There's multiple states. How many? I don't know. I I mean, probably infinite if you cared to Uh define it. I'm so glad you said infinite because yes, it should be in general a continuous state space that like I could add one more gram of dust to the house and little by little that would like slowly add more dust. So 
there are an infinite states of cleanliness of our house. But in general and in practical terms, you're often forced to discretize that, which means you, you separate it into different states. Like it's a little bit cleaner, a lot bit cleaner. Maybe you have like 10 divisions or something like that. And Markov chains, they can work at continuous spaces. But I only want for today, for the sake of this podcast, to talk about discrete time events where the current state is a isolated period of time and it depends only on the previous state and what's happened in between. I think I get it. So let's go back to Monopoly. I can hold certain properties that I've purchased and uh, we know whose turn it is and we know how much money everybody has and we know where the pieces are on the board. So in fact, you could have a game of Monopoly that people have been playing for like an hour, have them all stand up and walk away and have like four new people come and sit at the table and they should be able to pick that game up and play it to completion because as soon as they sit down, they see the whole state of the board. Everything's perfectly observable in that case and they can just play it. The current state depends only on what happened previously and what action took place in between. Now that's not true of every process, but in the case where you can discreetly describe your state space and you can talk about how it moves from one state to another, even if that's probabilistic or especially when it's probabilistic, we call that a stochastic process. So how does one decide how many spaces they get to move in Monopoly? You roll die. Do you know in advance what the die will say? No. That's right. So that makes it probabilistic and therefore stochastic. That the next state depends on a random variable, an event you can't predict at the onset. So the Markov assumption is the key to Markov chains that we're about to talk about. And the Markov assumption says that the current state depends only on the previous state, not necessarily like eight states ago. Think of just like a board game and the current, like whose turn is it, depends on whose turn it was last time and where all the pieces are on the board. So it's a much simpler situation than a relationship. And those are cases where you can make a Markov assumption that the current state depends only on the previous state and what's happened in between. You know, whatever probabilities govern the transition from the last state to the current state. So I want to ask, are you aware that Markov chains affect your everyday life? This is probably the one data science thing that you encounter every single day. So Markov chains are situations which you only need to know one step previous. Correct. Can you think of times when you encounter these? Um, what about a stoplight? A stoplight, that is kind of a good example because it's, let's say it's green. It's either going to stay green or it's going to go yellow. It's definitely not going to go from green to red. But once it goes from green to yellow, it will go to red after some period of time. So you don't know when it's going to go from green to yellow. Well, you're going to follow the signal, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to go straight away through a red light. Well, we generally want to. Yeah. I mean, want to follow the signal, not go through a red light. But you probably, when, when it goes from green to yellow, depending on your strategy for driving, you either want to slow down or speed up real fast. <laughs> Those are kind of the two driving strategies. I have to, to be clear, Kyle speeds up and I <laughs> slow down. Fair enough. All right. So let's go back to I said, if anything of the whole podcast, Markov chains are the things that you have most interacted with in your day-to-day -day life. Do you know why? No. Can you think of one situation? 
Well, I can think of one now because you pointed to one. <laughs> well, it's an audio podcast. It didn't have to know I, I cheated. <laughs> What's the one you're thinking Kyle of? Kyle pointed to to his smartphone. Uh-huh. So he's saying that I, well, I'm guessing he's mm-hmm. saying that our phone or apps on our phone predict where we're going based on our calendar, information, or whatever past. Oh, you took it fancier than I meant. I meant like when you're sending a text. Oh, whoa. Markov chains are built directly into our phones and they help do predictive text because they can look at what did you type last and what might you type next. And that can be a useful tool for enabling you to just like click a button and say like, oh yeah, that is the phrase I want or that's the word I want. So whether it's based on single characters or n-grams, which is the term we use to say like a couple of words together, like a bigram is two words together, a trigram is three, and an n-gram is any number of words together. These are predictive tools that are based on Markov chains that exist kind of prolifically through all technology right now. And you benefit from them every day. So are Markov chains statistics or AI? Well, that is almost philosophical. They are definitely statistics and AI benefits from them strongly. So does operations research and a variety of other fields. All right, I got one last example. Do you think bowling follows the Markov assumption? You mean like winning a game or just keeping score keeping one score. at a time? I guess. Well, no, because I think, isn't there some point rule where you get an extra turn and you need to know what happened two turns before? That's right. You found the trick question. So Marco- bowling is sort of a Markov process up until the 10th frame because otherwise the score in the current frame is based on what happened in the last frame and what happened in this frame. But in the 10th frame, if you hit a bunch of strikes, then it's like you get a couple, you get an extra throw. So it kind of partially slightly violates the Markov assumption. But other than that, actually, it is kind of scored in a very Markov fashion. I only know that because I'm really bad. So it's never happened to me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day. <laughs> So next week, we're going to talk about an extension to this. So you want to probably remember what we talked about here. We're going to talk about Markov Chain Monte Carlo, which is, well, we'll get into it then. But it's an extension of this that's actually very powerful. All right. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me, Linda. Thank you. Oh, and yeah. So I've been doing these shout outs to all my favorite data science podcasts at the end of these episodes. Eventually, I'll switch over and start doing shout outs to skeptical podcasts, but Uh, For now, this week, I want to give a shout out to the Friday Lunchtime Lectures podcast, which is produced by the Open Data Institute in the UK. The audio quality isn't always the greatest, but there are some great topics, and I love Open Data. In fact, if you live in Los Angeles, I'm talking... Oh, when this airs, I will have talked three days ago. So if you live in Los Angeles and are also a time traveler, you can go see that. But other than that, you know, um, as always, follow me on Twitter. It's at Dataskeptic. Join the Facebook page, and please, please leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are how other people find the show, so we really appreciate when people leave reviews. We appreciate everyone listening, and we will see you soon. Thank you.